where a lot of players get tripped up is in seeing discipline as a lifestyle rather than as a tool. Discipline is in the same way that a hammer is a tool that you use for certain jobs and like it, you have to be able to pick it up and then put it down so you can use other tools. Discipline is the same way. Imagine if you had a hammer that was glued to your hand and that's all you could use for every single job. Well, you're going to end up breaking a lot of stuff and you're not going to be so functional. And when, a, when we mistake discipline for not a tool, but a full-blown lifestyle and we're holding ourselves in this rigid pattern of we must do everything exactly right all the time or we get down and on ourselves and guilt ourselves it becomes very rigid and very unhealthy and we see players actually getting really uptight and um, in some cases this can lead to like a low-grade depression or unhappiness or feeling like it your discipline is sort of sucked the joy out of the training itself so as an analogy You've probably had the experience, and too many players have, frankly, I certainly did, of playing for a super controlling coach who's like micromanaging everything and wants you to do everything just right. And if you do something wrong, he scolds you immediately and he's never rewarding you on the things that you do right. And, you know, we, we once had our coach, he went through a spell of this where back in high school, he wanted us like almost like a military unit. As soon as he called, we would like, instantly run over to him and gather in this ordered circle and we would go through every single structured rep of our practice and of our warm-up like perfectly with this surgical grade precision this lasted like a day <laughs> as basketball players we want to play free and like in warm-ups be loose and and enjoying the process and this coach wanted us to be rigid like soldiers all the time well imagine what it's like playing for that super controlling coach and ask yourself, does that coach get the best out of you? Do you perform at your best when you're under that sort of structure? And if you were to take that approach with yourself and become this hyper-controlling, like, discipline, military commander, <laughs> is that going to get the best out of you? And is that going to feel good for you over the long term? Probably not, right? So an alternative to this is sort of treating yourself like the perfect training partner. The perfect training partner, yes, when, you're, when you need to do the work and you're not feeling so motivated to do it, they're going to pick you up, like maybe drive over to your house and uh, put you in the car and say, yeah, let's go. We got work to do. Let's go. That's great, right? But when you're totally run down training too hard and you need a break, that same training partner is going to say, hey, we got to chill today. Like, let's let's play some 2K, relax fully, like recharge. You're going to come back tomorrow. We're going to it's all going to be good. But like lay off a little bit. Let yourself just relax. That's a good training partner when they encourage you to do the thing that's right for you, not the thing that has been like like written in stone that you absolutely must do as a life or death, like uh, follow these instructions at all costs, controlling coach. No, that that's never going to yield the, the result that you want. And it's probably not going to make you all that happy in the long term. So controlling coach versus perfect training partner, be the perfect training partner to yourself. And as a final lesson here in this talk, what I want to give you is four criteria for healthy discipline. So 
you can look at these things as signs as to whether or not your discipline is yielding the result that you really want, which is ultimately to make you happier, to produce more freedom in your life, to make you feel better about yourself, and to be like a, a consistent, reliable tool that you can use when you need it. So as I kind of alluded to, the first criteria is that discipline will be healthy for you if it's making you happier. You should feel good at the end of a hard day. This is why we use things like focus positive rather than constantly negatively and reinforcing and guilting yourself all the time. Your discipline should make you feel good. Like, yes, I did that. I did that. And it, over you know weeks, months, years, you should be happier as a result of your discipline. If you're feeling more depressed and more like, oh man, I, I just, I can't stand to it. All the joy is sucked out of it. That's a sign that the discipline is too rigid or maybe you're disciplining yourself to do the wrong things and you need to switch paths. Second, discipline is healthy if it's creating more freedom in your life. This is like a classic, uh, I think the most popular advocate for this is Jocko Willink, <laughs> who's like discipline equals freedom. Well, that, that's totally true. If you look at um, training, right? If you're disciplined in your training, that can create for you freedom in your basketball career to like be traveling all over the world playing basketball for a living rather than the sort of prison of a nine to five job perhaps right it's the work that you put in that yields the freedom long term if you look you know <laughs> obvious example your homework if you're disciplined with doing your homework and like disciplined even in class to focus and get the work done while you're there well, it creates all of this free time for you and freedom to do what you want to do with your life outside of your homework. If you are disciplined with your responsibilities, it will give you freedom from stress. If you're disciplined with your money, it will give you financial freedom. If you're disciplined with your nutrition and the foods that you eat, it will give you freedom from illness. If you're disciplined with your stretching and foam rolling and movement work, it's uh, literally physical freedom, internal freedom that you'll feel. So. Your discipline should be creating more freedom for you. And you could look at this in this way. It's we're building through our discipline a mansion, not a prison. <laughs> You're building a life that you want, not putting bars around your life and rigid restrictions that you must follow at all times. So if you're not feeling actually aspects of your life that are important to you being freed up as a result of your discipline, it's probably unhealthy. <sighs> Finally, very important, okay? Discipline is healthy if it's balanced with the ability to relax. We've been referring to discipline as a muscle, right, throughout this talk. And if you contract a muscle and like pattern a bunch of tension into it, you're like lifting tons and tons of weights, contracting, 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 breaking down the muscle, but you never actually stretch it and relax it, well, you're going to have chronic tension that's going to ultimately lead to injury in the end for most people. So <laughs> discipline must be balanced with the ability to fully let go and fully relax. You should hopefully be having off days in your schedule where you can totally let go. If you're, you know, out for a move uh, out at a movie with friends on your day off and all you can think about is all of the work that you know you need to do the next day or should be doing and feeling guilty for taking that time off, that's not healthy discipline. Focus on the ability to actually let go and relax during the time that you're not disciplined. Discipline is a muscle that 
as you contract it, you must also be able to relax it and release it. So these first three, the criteria, and there's four, by the way, there's one final one, which is most important of all. And I would say the most important point, maybe of this entire talk, but before we get to that, the first three points here, discipline's healthier, healthy if it's making you happier, it's healthy if it's creating more freedom in your life, it's healthy if it's balanced with the ability to relax fully, the disclaimer here is that there is an on-ramp period. So if you haven't been so disciplined and you take like two or three days of uh, you know, doing your 80% easy schedule and you say to yourself, oh, I don't feel as happy right now or oh, I, I don't feel as relaxed. This isn't making me feel free. Well, give it time, <laughs> okay? You got to build this up. And if you give up after a week or two weeks or three weeks, again, we're back on the roller coaster to nowhere. So there should be an on-ramp period of about a month where you expect that, yeah, it might feel a little bit more rigid than you're used to. It might feel like that's a, it's a lot of grind right now. It might feel like you're not <clears throat> fully balanced with your ability to let go and relax because before all you were doing is relaxing. <laughs> so in this case, expect the on-ramp period to like the you know the first few weeks that you go to the gym you're going to be sore same goes for your discipline muscle expect that on-ramp period and in the long term you will be successful and you can use these criteria once you've actually built up the rhythm of discipline so with all of that said <laughs> most important point of the entire talk in my opinion anyway the final the fourth and final criteria for healthy discipline is that discipline is healthy if it's driven by love of the thing that you're disciplining yourself to do. There was a really surprising Kobe Bryant quote in an, in an interview, uh, I think back in like 2018, 2019. Kobe's retired at this point. He's building his business, uh, his media company. And the interviewer asked Kobe, you know, back in your basketball career, if you were motivated by someone like Shaq and your competitiveness with Shaq to drive yourself to the gym, then what are you using in your business career? Where are your sources of motivation for, for your drive? And like, why, how do you bring yourself to do all this work? And Kobe was like at first kind of confused. And then he goes, I never really used Shaq as motivation. That, that's surprising, right? <laughs> I never used Shaq as motivation. That was maybe like the last 2%, but those negative sources of motivation and like beating other people, and that was just kind of the last little bit when I needed it. 98% of it was just love of the game. I didn't want to be anywhere else. And I have a direct quote from Kobe here for you that goes, if you've got to get up every single morning and remind yourself how hard you need to work, you should probably choose a different profession. That shouldn't be there. I wake up in the morning excited to get to it. That's a direct quote from Kobe. So if your discipline is driven by this thought that you should do this work, but you don't really want to do it, if your discipline is driven by the opinion of other people telling you you have to do it, or... And there's, of course, things that we have to do that we don't like, of course, like basic disclaimer here. But in general, if you're on a path that you don't love and you're disciplining yourself to do that thing, even though you don't love it, well, what purpose is that discipline serving in your life? Is that really making you happier, making you more free? Discipline must be driven by love to be a really useful tool for you in your life. And 
as one final uh, one final story here, one of my favorites comes from BJ Penn, one of the greatest UFC fighters in history. His uh, specialty was in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So when BJ Penn first started Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, he started like everybody else, raw white belt beginner, didn't have much skill. Within three years, he had become a black belt and won what's called the Mundials, which are essentially the world championships in Brazilian jiu-jitsu at the time. BJ Penn went from raw white belt beginner to best of the best of the best in three years. Well, that may not mean a whole lot to people who aren't familiar with Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but typically, as a general rule, almost the, the standard for white belt to black belt is about 10 years for somebody that trains almost every day. So a really serious practitioner, it's gonna, the expected time frame is about 10 years, minimum. BJ Penn became not only a black belt, but best in the world after three. Point of this story, <laughs> BJ Penn is on the Joe Rogan podcast when I heard him tell this story and he said, people come up to him all the time and ask, you know, how did you do that? Was it discipline? Was it motivation? Was it drive? Was it confident? And he goes, no, 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 no. It was fun. I couldn't help but do it. <laughs> I wanted to be on the mats all day long. I, I was like a sponge that couldn't soak up enough. That's how I got so good because I found what I love to do. And he became one of the best in the world because of that love. And so the point is, which is so funny to say at the very end of a you know, 45, 50 minute discipline talk, the big secret to discipline is that you shouldn't need it. <laughs> At least not all the time. You shouldn't be having to discipline yourself constantly every single day saying, oh, I got to do this work. Okay, let me like strengthen this discipline muscle. No, it should be mostly driven by love. And the discipline comes in on the days when you're not feeling motivated. And no matter how much you love something, I promise you, there still will be those days. It's not just like sunshine and rainbows and butterflies every single day and you're like magically propelled to doing all of this work effortlessly no there is some grind but if you are grinding the whole way then it's probably a sign that you should choose a different path that you don't have to grind the whole way it's not meant to be a grind the whole way <laughs> apply your discipline towards what you love that is ultimately when it's going to be healthiest for you. Hey, it's Taylor. I hope you enjoyed this clip. And if you'd like to watch the full length talk, we'll have the title and or link for you in the description so that you can check it out there. And as always, if you'd like to go even deeper, the best place to do that is in our free masterclass over at deepgame.com, which I believe will be the most powerful hour of basketball learning of your life. I hope we see you there.